Billions of people just living out their lives. Oblivious. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. Welcome to Beyond the Paradigm with me, Paul. Welcome back to all my regular listeners and welcome to any new listeners. Today, I've got a special guest with me. And as always, I've chosen a guest who's been doing his own independent research and has been doing it for quite a number of years. Today, I've got with me Travis Ryan. He comes all the way from Texas in the United States. Travis is a researcher and a historian and he's been documenting news reports regarding the discovery of giant bones all throughout the United States and also other places in the world. Travis has an Instagram account with thousands of followers, and he uploads many newspaper articles onto his Instagram account. Welcome to the show, Travis. Hi, thanks for having me. It's good to have you on, Travis. Uh, like I said off air to you before, I'm really looking forward to this one today. Um, for some of my regular listeners, they'll know I did my own episode on ancient giants. Um, and I told them in that, obviously, that I believed in giants because the Bible talks about them. Now, not everyone may be on board with that. And maybe not everyone believes the Bible, but I know you do as well as I do, Travis. And hopefully today with uh, the research that you've been doing, maybe a few more people will be convinced about it. Um, so... Just just to start with, Travis, what actually motivated you to study the giants and how long have you been studying them? Okay. Well, to uh, start off, yeah, I got into it quite accidentally. Um, I've always, since a child, you know, I've, I've believed in the Lord and I've been a Christian and I believe the stories that the Bible told, you know, just a, as if someone told me they were walking down the road and I saw them do it, you know, so it's like... Mm -hmm. That's the type of fact it is in my mind. And so I never questioned it. Um, but fast forward to about 2010, I was doing, I wasn't researching giants at that point. I was researching um, the origins of the Celts. Um, I had recently found out my grandfather was Celtic and I didn't really know what it was. Um, and, and I had never met him. And so it was kind of strange. He lived in Canada and I was, you know, I'm here in Texas and so I got to meet him, found out what he was. I started researching these Celts. And long story uh, short, I found out that a lot of these Celtic peoples, they were, they were mound builders. Mm. And there were giants buried among them and throughout the graves of um, Europe. Mm. And so in the burial mounds of, across Europe. And so that took me quite by surprise. And it really kind of it fascinated me and kind of lit a fire under me to look more into that. And so as I looked into it more, I bought some, some literature on it and some of these books I bought, they, you know, they, they would have newspaper articles in them sometimes, but a lot of times they were just reprinted. And that made me want to do my own research and see if I couldn't find out whether or not these supposed articles were true. And so I, got onto a website, just a site here in America. It's uh, the Library of Congress website and where it just has, you know, thousands of newspapers hmm. it's dating from, I think, the 1600s to like the somewhere in the 1900s. That's how that's their database. Yeah. 
And so you can just type in any keyword. And so, but then you have to kind of read and sometimes it's not talking about what you're, what you're searching for. Mm. And so it's a lot of work, but I began to find out that these were real reports of discoveries and some of them were, you know, from all across the world. A lot of them were in America because that's where that's where um, a lot of people were just like as they moved westward, they were building railroads. They were building, you know, houses, cutting roads, um, digging cellars. And they would come across these. And then you had guys that were actually, you know, they would see a burial mound a, a little later and they would they would dig into them and they would find these gigantic people. So. That's kind of how my my um, passion started, and that was about 2013 when I started the Instagram account. But you know, my studies were a little bit before that, mm. and so since 2013, I've been kind of plugging away at this. Yeah. So, like I said to my audience, I always try to get people on who are doing the research, and I'm always encouraging people do your own research, which is exactly what you're doing. And I know like mainstream sort of archaeologists and scientists, they sort of sneer at people doing their own research. But but I know that you're you're doing research. Like when I do my podcast, I do research. And it's, you know, it's so important that we do it ourselves. So obviously, you know, you've got all these articles. Like I said, I've heard you before on, on, on another podcast. Could you just sort of start us off with some of the articles you've got? Um Maybe some of the ones who maybe some more of the recent discoveries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see some of the recent ones that I, which, you know, and all of these recent ones are just for the audience. They're all old discoveries anyway, but yeah. um, uh, let's see this one here. Um, this is an interesting one. This is from, the Susquehanna Valley or River Valley area. So that's kind of like close to New York or Pennsylvania. So the east of the United States. Right. Um, we have a guy here. Is This is from um, 1919. Mm. And some archaeologists were traveling the Susquehanna River Valley. And they were just looking through to try to find some burial mounds. And they came across some on a farm. And they they dug up some prehistoric uh, 68 prehistoric men. The average height of these men when their skeletons were assembled was seven feet, while many were much taller. Additional evidence of their gigantic size is found in the massive stone battle axes within their graves. It says the average age of these men is said to have been from 30 to 40 years old. Another amazing point of this discovery is the allegation that perfectly formed uh, on their perfectly formed skulls were found from which horns grew straight out from the head. Wow. So I guess some some of these men supposedly had like weird bone growths coming off of their skulls. Yeah. And, I, and I found that, you know, in some some articles and. I wouldn't always report on it for a lot of years because it's just kind of weird to me. Yeah. But I thought, well, why not? Because, you know, even in the Bible, weird things would happen with with these people because mm. it was a mix of the the, uh, the some of these fallen angels and and humankind. Mm. Weird things would happen. Like, I think one of Goliath's uh, descendants or brothers had like six fingers 
and six yeah. toes on each on each hand. And so that's not normal. And so oh. some of these giants that were found in America had like double rows of teeth. Mm. And it would say in the upper and lower jaw. So that tells you that something weird was going on. Like they had mm. two sets of teeth, uh, which would be kind of a, a problem probably for them. Mm. So I don't know. So, but that, that one's very uh, interesting to me because you had so many very yeah. with, with each other and mm. they were all, it's not like you had a prop, like somebody who had like gigantism, like the pituitary gland, dysfunctioned and you you all of a sudden shot up to eight feet tall but your father's five foot seven or something like that these are these are people who are genetically something happened and they're all just massive um and then they even have massive battle axe battles axe uh stones buried with them so they weren't like some sort of monkey either just to kind of throw that out of the water too it's like this is not like evolution or anything here this is like these were people Mm. some sort of people Mm. Yeah, I think the evolution thing's a big, it's, it's a good point that you've made there because I think the reason, and I, I think I may have said this on my actual episode on giants, um, the reason that they're being hidden, these these bones or whatever, is because it goes against the narrative of evolution because obviously we're told in schools, you know, that we're evolving. But if there's this ancient race of, of giants that are, more advanced than us well that's a death blow to the evolutionary theory so i mean that's just for me audience to sort of say that there is a reason why these things are being hidden and like you said you mentioned there was like 68 of these guys in there right and and the weapons and everything and and the six fingers and double rows of teeth that's like a common theme that i was watching a documentary earlier actually um, I watched one last night and it, disappointingly it was in two parts and the last part was giants and it was only like eight minutes out of 40 minutes of the program. So I was a little bit disappointed, but in that um, they had Hugh Newman on. Have you heard of Hugh? He's, he's an yes. English guy. And then yes. I watched, I watched one with the Vieri brothers just earlier just the first part. Um, and I think they brought up in that about the double rows of teeth, how it's like a, you know, so it seems to be a common theme. And obviously Goliath was said to have six fingers and, mm-hmm. and, and obviously he had brothers and everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that's quite recent really, isn't it? They found that in 1919, but obviously we right. know that the actual bones are older than that. Right. Um, which, out of the ones you've been looking at, which one, it's probably a hard question because you've seen so many, but you may have a few of these, but which ones have you say, like maybe your top three or four that you found most fascinating that you've, when you read it, you was like, wow. Yeah, sure. I can, I can do that. There's one here um, from Canada. Mm. Um, This is an article from 1871 and it's, it's um, the title is an unknown race of giants. And I may butcher some of these words, but we'll, I'll do my best here. Uh, the discovery of a great, uh, and some of these are blurry, really blurry words, so they're kind of hard to read. But it says, um, okay, they were found under trees of centuries growth uh, when first inhabited America. Now, near Cayunga, Ontario, recently, Reverend Nathaniel Wardell 
of Ontario and Daniel Friedenberg were digging on the farm of the latter gentleman, which is on the banks of the Grand River in the township of Cayunga. When they had got to five or six feet beneath the surface, a strange sight met them. Piled in layers, one upon top the other, some 200 skeletons of human beings, nearly perfect, and around the neck of each one being a string of beads. There were also deposited in this pit a number of axes and skimmers made of stone. In the jaws of several of the skeletons were large stone pipes, one of which Mr. Wardell took with him to Toronto a day or two after. The skeletons are those of men of gigantic stature, some of them measuring nine feet, and very few of them being less than seven feet. Some of the thigh bones were found to be at least half a foot longer than those of the present day man. So that now, I don't know if they counted each particular skeleton, but it mm. sounds like they just by what they were finding in the area they found them and, and like how many there were on top, they they had to assume there were about 200 of them mm. and the, and they were ranging from seven to nine feet in height. That's probably one of my favorite ones just because yeah. it kind of tells the stories. Like there was a lot of these people around, mm. um, all, uh, really all around the earth. Um, let's see what, uh, what else I have here. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. And, oh, here's another one, which is kind of interesting. It doesn't mention any size, but it's something that I wasn't really aware of before doing this research. It's from an article from 1898, and it's about an approximately, it says, it says 75,000 skeletons. Wow. Now, this is a Professor Walters, the American archaeologist, has discovered a vast prehistoric burying place in the Choctaw Indian country. In it are at least 75,000 skeletons, which first appeared in cutting the Kansas City Pittsburgh and Gulf Railway some months back. So I guess as they went along, they kept finding more and more and more of these. So like when you're cutting a railroad, obviously you're not cutting like hundreds of feet wide, but in this in the path that they were cutting, they kept finding a bunch. Most of these skulls are pierced with arrowheads or darts. Above these bones are two distinct geological strats, strata. So they're this professor walters estimates that they were about twenty thousand years old and i guess because of the layers of the dirt mm. um this is a great battle. this great battle was one of the many between the maya of mexico and central america and the mysterious mound builders for the supremacy of the northern continent mm. so just that right there is just mind-blowing because yeah. for one it's it mentions that it's almost like a known fact that this is one of many of the wars between the mm. these giants of Central America and and Mexico and mm. the giants of um, you know America or, or mm. United States area. I mean that's just mind blowing to me because we're yeah. not taught that. I've never heard no. of that until I uncovered this newspaper article about it. Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, like you said, we're, we're just not taught this. I mean, I've been looking a bit a little bit into obviously where I come from in England and well, the whole Island of Britain. And 
it it would seem from what I've been reading that before you sort of you regular sized people got here, the giants were here already, and 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 you know there was giant wars. Um, there was someone called I think it was I want to say Cornelius was he fought against uh, Gog and Magog and you know Brutus came over from the Trojan Wars. There's all kinds of you know folklore uh, on this island as well. So like you were talking there that some of these guys had uh, arrowheads in the skulls. So clearly there was like a vast war and the, the, you know seventy five thousand. You know people can say well yeah that. Well, that's just an article and it's made up, but you've got hundreds of these articles, haven't you? I mean, we, yeah. you know, people can't just, you know, push this away as saying that they're all made up because there only has to be one that's true to bust their whole worldview wide open. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, that's right. And like I said to my audience, I mean, Travis has got plenty of these. He's going to read some more, but he's he's been doing this for years. He's got, I mean, you've got hundreds, haven't you, of articles? I do, yes. Yeah, hundreds yeah. of them. Yep. So, so yeah. What, what about the weapons? Like, do you have any that talk about maybe the size of any of the weapons? Other than just like, yeah, that I think that first one, it says they were like, they were large weapons. Let me yeah. see if I can come up with any more um, that talk about the weapons. I mean, th- really, all that I've come across is that they just say they you were really large. Big. Yeah, yeah, large. Yeah. And a lot of times they were stone. Mm. But there are some times when they are um, made out of metal, too. Like I've mm. come across one where there was like a copper, a mm. copper, or they're they're encased in copper armor sometimes. Yeah, uh, uh, kind of up near Ohio more. There, mm-hmm. there was a lot of copper going on. Um, here's here's an interesting one from South Dakota from 1894. Um, archaeologists will be interested in a discovery at this place while digging into a mound. The remains of a race of prehistoric giants were unearthed. A tomb was uncovered lined with cement. In the tomb's compartments were 22 male skeletons averaging eight feet in height. A rude altar and many bronze utensils were exposed. And that's the end of it right there. So obviously these guys were were all around and, you know, yeah. we were never taught about this. No, it's just been erased, doesn't it, from history? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but if, like even in the British Isles there, there was there were quite a few. Um, mm. And there's... I found years ago, just because when I started this, because I was looking into, you know, Europe and the uh, the trailway, if you want to call it, or the pathway they went from, uh, a lot of these peoples kind of sprang into, um, you know, around the Black Sea area um, and kind of moved into towards the West. Even the even ancient Celtic songs write about as they moved westward, they were erecting these stone. Mm. And so... We know that not all Celt, not all Celts are giants, but like you were saying, a lot of and they came in different waves of yeah. of migrations. Mm. So a lot of these first ones were a, like giant and and stature, and you know their bones their bones are very thick. Mm. Um, but there's an old I found an old uh, like poem written in 1869 by Thomas Darcy McGee called the Celts. And he says, long, long, long ago, beyond a misty space, 
of twice a thousand years, and Aaron old, there dwelt a mighty race taller than Roman spears. Now, I did a little research on Roman spears, and Roman spears are, they would, they were around seven feet yeah, tall, you know, the spears. So this is a race of people that dwell, and if people don't know, Aaron is, was another name for Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, when, so there were these people were, were all across there too. Um, here's just one article that I found, which I it doesn't give a lot of detail, but to me it's just fascinating because it's almost written like, you know, we know y'all probably already know this, but here's an article. It was just here. Let me find it here. I've got way too many papers in front of me. Um, this is from 1879 and you know, you can just kind of see it here. It's just, just really, yeah. you know, just little, they're Oof. just little, little snippets of information. Like they're just, just telling, as, like a matter yeah. of fact type thing. It's just right. A fact. Yeah. This says giants remains the bones or tombs of more than 200 giants have been found in various parts of Europe. Mm. So it's just like, they're just, taking what they've been hearing and seeing for, you know, a few years. And they're just, this is a matter of fact, because mm-hmm. they were, they found across France. And I looked for about an hour for one of my favorite ones that I found. And I, I couldn't locate it. And I try on my Instagram account, I try to have highlights and so yeah. we're, and try to like plug in. And I obviously I didn't highlight it, so I couldn't find it. And I've scrolled and scrolled. I couldn't find it. I may have to try to get back on the database and see if I can't re yeah. re re rediscover it but sometimes you can't it's hard to find an article again that you found before yeah just because search words don't always work mm. so if you find something cool you're you may be lucky but there was one where there were some ancient miners and i think it was in spain right and they they found this area where an old mine shaft had like collapsed and they went down in there and there was gigantic men like skeletons down in this mine where they were they had like bone, I think like antler tools in their hands or something mm. like that. But they were looking for, I don't know what they would have been mining, like some sort of metal out mm. of the ground. And it might've been like the bronze age or something like that. Yeah. But they were, they were using, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Not only were there giants there, they were using bone tools to extract metal from the ground. So like, like an evolutionary theory like if you just were to find that guy it's like well he had a stone tool he's like Mm. a he's like stone age well well we're not sure about that because he was using bones or stones but he was extracting metal so was it you know what i mean Mm. like Mm. they try to paint a picture of you have these grunt cavemen or you know they're not very smart but you to me people would use what they had available to them like even now if we were just blasted by something and we had to start over like we're not going to be using metal i might be using some sticks for a while mm. you, know, you know what i mean so yeah of course yeah that's that's kind of it was a very cool article and i wish i actually found it but that was the gist of it right there yeah um, and that was that was in europe as well
like for all my listeners in the UK, um, you know, we have got so much folklore regarding giants and so many uh, giant bone discoveries. Like I was talking off air to Travis earlier and it's believed that King Arthur was actually a giant. Um, but they still have in London, they have a Lord's Mayor show um, every year where they parade through London, um, Gog and Magog, which are both giants. Um, and they were said to be like defenders of the British Isles, which they originally believe was called Albion. Um, for those that don't know, Britain is the island made up of three countries of England, Scotland and Wales. But before that, before it was even Britain, when the giants were here, they believed that possibly the name was Albion. Um, you've mentioned the mounds. Now, the mounds are very interesting. Um, and I've heard that when these mounds have been disturbed, there's been like strange occurrences that have happened. And I know that the Native Americans, they don't really like to have, they're quite nervous about them, I believe. Could you, I mean, what's the significance of the mounds? Okay. So, yeah. So the mounds, uh, here in America, and I, and I believe elsewhere around the world, um, they would house they would house the dead, or maybe like the, their chieftains or kings and queens. Um, and so, you would have regular burials with within the communities of these peoples. But a lot of times, these these big mounds were um, housing their deceased, like mm. their esteemed deceased rulers. And so, yeah, it's. And, and there there are, you know, tales of like around these mounds, there could be some spiritual activity or whatever, you know, even now, um, you know, I haven't experienced anything quite like that. But personally, but I've, I've heard of others who have when they're because a lot of these big mounds are in the north, further north than where I am. Um, right. I believe there are some around here and I, and I am trying to research the ancient culture that lived in Texas. It's not, it's not really known, but I'm, be, I've been able to piece things together just from my research. And as I'm out hiking around and noticing things. And so I'm trying to build a, a case for the Texas giants, but yeah. Um, yeah, up North, there was a lot of really big mounds. So yeah, that's, they had burial mounds, but they also had temple mounds or uh, temple worship mounds. Hmm where they would go and and a lot of these would align to like say the north south east and west so like if it's a it's a pyramid a lot of these were pyramidal like either they had like four sides to it but they were flat on top and i actually went to one it's this i think it's the second largest one in america it stands about 72 feet high and it's in tennessee which isn't that far really from texas it's you know i think it's 10 hours or something to this mound and it was it was surreal to climb up the steps to get onto the top of this mound and just there were there were a lot of other mounds in the complex but this was the biggest one and it was pretty cool but that as far as i know there there weren't any burials there because it was like it's like the bible when the bible talks about the high places in the canaanite culture they would build high places and even and even as the israelites moved into the land before the temple was built, they would use some of these high places. Like there was a high, one of the most notable high place was Gibeon in Gibeon. And uh, Solomon was 
he did a big sacrifice to the Lord God there mm. at Gibeon on on an old ancient high place. Um, but and the, the Lord actually condemned them eventually to stop. He didn't want them to be building these high places because they would be tempted to worship false gods um, yeah. of the Canaanites, the Amorite gods. But it's it was interesting to be able to walk up to one up one of these ancient high places. So mm. a lot of these mounds are high pla- temple high places across America and across the world. I and you may know more about uh, is it Silbury Hill in uh, England? It's like a massive mound. Yeah. I don't know if I call that pronounced it right. Is it um, Silbury or Silbury Hill? It's called a hill. Sour, but it's is actually, it Silbury? It might be Silbury. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like a massive round mm. uh, mound, and I'm not sure what it was. To me, I, I, I'm i not going to say what it was, but I, I have a feeling it might be like a worship mound. like Because mm. a, it seemed to have a flat top on it, and I did a little research on it years ago. But like that's another form of mound, is or worship mounds and burial mm. mounds. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's such an interesting topic. Like I was saying, so I, heard it, I, I, I absolutely love talking about the giants. Um, what what's the, out of all the articles that you've got? What's the biggest giant that's been found? Oh, geez. Okay, yeah, some of these are big. Um, let's see here. Okay, here's one from a report. Uh, from 1886, and the newspaper is Signal Copihan. See, a lot of these, a lot of these newspapers don't even exist anymore, and I like mm. to point that out too because it. We're talking about 1886. Yeah. So, um, but this is from 1886 in Louisiana. It says a human skeleton was recently found in Louisiana, which is said to be 28 feet in height. And so that that one, like those, kind of blow my mind because I That's... they're almost like from a different era or something yeah that's a big guy i mean the biggest yeah. one i've read about in the uk uh was near i believe it was near stonehenge actually mm-hmm. i think it was 21 feet wow that's so pretty that's, big. that's a big guy as well i mean like yeah it's almost like when you start looking at it and you know you've got the ones that are eight nine ten eleven feet it's almost as if these really big guys, they're like maybe like closer to the originals, do you know, like like the ones that was originally born from the females that uh, yes. obviously had sexual relations with the angels. I mean, right. they must have been massive. But, you know, if you read the Book of Enoch, obviously it talks about the size and it measures them in an old measurement called L's. And, I, and when I looked into it, I mean, this is one reason why, obviously, Enoch's not in the Bible, because when you look at the actual measurement and you try and put it into a modern measurement, they were sort of saying they were between 700 to 1,100 feet. That's just, I, I can't I can't accept that. That'd be like a walking mountain. I mean, they wouldn't right. even be able to, they'd be sinking into the earth. But when you're talking right. like between eight feet up to 20-odd feet, I, could, I mean, I can fully be on board with that. Because like yeah, we're saying because, that we've actually, you, like you've said, that's an actual skeleton that was discovered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and King Og himself, he was one of the last of the Rephaites. Mm. And the Rephaites were direct descendants from Rapha. And from what I can tell, Rapha was an actual 
original Nephilim. So like his dad would have been an angel. There's yeah. two men. There are two men that I've been able to find. There may be more, but since since I've been researching this hmm. in the Bible, one is Arba and his descendants were the Anakites or the Anakim. Hmm. And he was the greatest man of the Anakites, which means he was their forefather being he was the original guy. And then Rafa is another one. And then King Og is descended from Rafa. And Rafa, I mean, Og was, he was this big, what his, his bed was discovered and it was a steel bed. Yeah. Now it tells you how many cubits, but a, a lot of times the cubits that they're, they'll tell you the amount of cubits and it's correct. But when they translate it, they use a Roman cubit and yeah. not a Hebrew cubit. Mm. And if you do a little bit of research, that he Hebrew cubit was larger yeah. than the Roman one. And so that that changes Goliath from nine feet to just shy of 12 feet. And mm. Og, he was around probably 15 to 16 feet, possibly. So yeah. I'll give you a little bit of perspective. These were big guys and they, they like but the original ones were probably bigger, like you were like you were stating. Mm. Um, hmm. maybe like 30 feet. And when God talks about delivering them or, or giving them the Holy land and getting rid of the ones that who had put themselves in a place where God had actually given them already, all these giants, he said, he, uh, he removed the Amorites. Hmm. He destroyed the Amorites because the Amorites had become so wicked that they needed to be dealt with. Yeah. And he said the Amorites were as tall as cedars and strong as oaks. Mm. So yeah, I can I could see that. So some of these cedar trees are about like that, you know, mm. thirty feet, twenty eight feet. So yeah, I think some of these guys were pretty big. Mm. Um, and but and maybe even the first incursion, like the like before the flood, they might have been bigger than the ones that were after the flood. Yeah. Too. So, but yeah, yeah. that's that was a pretty big one. Yeah. I mean, what I've read as well, again, related to the UK, um, obviously we talk about giant giants, like as if it's just, but there was different tribes, wasn't there? Like you've mentioned some there. And I know in the UK there was, they've sort of put them down into two type of tribes. There, may, there was more than that, but they've sort of generalized and said you had like your northern giants and your southern giants. And they said that the ones in the north were more aggressive and they were much larger than the ones in the south. Um, but, I mean, you've talked about it. You said, like, the Anakims and things like that. So when we, we talk about giants, there was actual different... I, I don't want to say races because I don't like using that word, but there were different tribes. So, like, when you were uh, reading, obviously, from before, and you mentioned there were, like, 75,000, and then you had one with 200. I mean, these could have been possibly from giant wars, couldn't they, where they were fighting each other? Yes, yes. Yeah, There's there are legends of, like, and I've heard this, of, like, the, uh, the red-bearded giants were fighting the black-bearded giants. That's just kind of like a, a lore uh, in, in, uh, in America. And I could see how that could be, uh, because I've, I've uncovered, you know, some of these giants – you know, where had black hair, some of them had red hair. And so maybe they were a little bit different tribes, like you were stating, like, yeah, obviously similar beginnings because of their size, mm. but moving around different places and trying to battle for, um, certain regions, they would, yeah. they would fight each other. Mm. 
Yeah. Is there, I mean, point. you'll have heard of the Giants Causeway, wouldn't you, in Northern Ireland? I have. I, I've actually been there. And and that's an interesting story because, I mean, you may be familiar with the story, but again, it's regarding two Giants who were going to have a fight. You had Finn McCool, who was the Irish Giant, and then I believe it was Bernard Donner from Scotland. And they built, I, I, I believe it was the Scottish Giant that was meant to have built the Causeway to go over for a fight with this Finn McCool. And when Finn seen the size of Benadonna, he got, I believe he said it was his mother to dress him up as a baby because Benadonna was huge. <laughs> and when Benadonna seen, obviously, Finn as a baby, thinking it was a baby, he thought, well, if the baby's that big, how big's his dad? And he went back to Scotland. And that's that's the sort of legend around that. I mean, it sounds yeah. quite comical, but it know, is. Yeah. I mean, it's like we were saying. You know, there's so many stories of giants, and that's just one. Obviously, and it sounds quite comical, but you know, there's too many articles that you've found. There's too many stories all around the world for people to deny this. Like I've said before, it's ubiquitous that all over every civilization. Um, and obviously, you know, you're talking about some of these have been discovered in the 1800s, 1900s. I was watching a documentary earlier, uh, actually, regarding Alaska. Um, I don't know whether you know about this area. Um, I wrote it down. There was a place called Kagamal Island, and they found a huge skull there. And then also in a place called Shemya Island, they found more skulls there. But there's actually rumours that there's still actual giants in Alaska, apparently, because there's a place called the Headless Valley where people have been found with no heads. And the local legend has it that there's still giants live there. And that's wow. what this documentary was saying about um, Alaska. And I was just like stunned, really. Um, at the the, I think the district they called it the Atlin Gold District. That's what this documentary was saying. Um, but you know, like you haven't I just had, been. I've got a report on that right in front of oh, me. Oh, have you got it? That. Yeah. Oh, could yeah. you get, just read that in then, Travis? Yeah, because that'll be. That'll be good. Okay, yeah. So this is from 1900. I didn't want to interrupt you, but it oh. was kind of when you read that. It's like, well, I've got, I've got an article. When you started saying Alaska, I was like, I know I have something on Alaska here. Mm. Um. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Vancouver special dispatch to the call. Vancouver, uh, giants in Alaska, ancient cemetery uncovered in the Atlan Gold District. Yeah. Okay. Uh, November the 17th, James L. Herskin and an American miner of Atlan arrived here today with news of the finding of a number of skeletons in an ancient Indian cemetery in the north, which is of startling scientific interest. He's one of the owners of the Yellow Jacket, a rich claim, which is supposed to be the fountainhead of Pine, the principal creek of an Atlan district. Two weeks ago, the first excavations were being made for a new tunnel on the property of what appears to have been an old Indian burying ground was opened up. 
Five skeletons, nearly complete, were exhumed, and each is the set of bones that belong to a giant of prehistoric times. One of the skeletons measures over seven feet in length, so that the man must have been considerably over that in height. Mm. When there were, Then there were two others of within an inch of seven feet, and the remaining two were more than six feet in length, and the men were of gigantic frame. So when it says, when an article states uh, gigantic frame, that means that they were just, these bones were thick. And a lot of times they're compared to horses' bones as mm. far as the thickness. Um, their teeth are as thick as horses. And like if a guy was eight feet tall, a lot of times his shoulders were four feet wide. Yeah. Um, in account, in, in like from other accounts that I've come up, I've been able to build a picture of these people. Mm. Um, but go ahead, like what you were saying, um, were you talking about like a documentary or something about this area? Yeah, there was, a, I was watching it, um, last night it was on discovery plus over here and I, it was, it was a two part episode. The first part was on like haunted cabins. I wasn't too interested in that and I was fast forwarding it and it was literally out of a 40 minute episode. It was like the last eight minutes. Oh, uh, but that article that you read, I think that's the one that they read out on it. Because when you said about the five scat and the Atlan Gold District, that's what was named. But the most interesting thing out of that was them saying about this headless valley, um, and and the the saying that there's still giants there. I mean, I don't know whether there is or not. Well, I have a I have another article from 1907. And I don't know if it's the same region of Alaska. Um, it's about a guy who lived and he was kind of like a missionary to the Inuits up there. Hmm. But he went he went further from where they lived, deeper into another region. And, you know, this one is kind of, you know, I don't like it to sound racist or anything, but I didn't write this article. So I'm no. just going to, I guess I'll just read parts of it. Yeah. Um, just a disclaimer, guys. When Travis is right. reading these, these are old newspaper articles. So they may be using language that's classed as outdated now, but he's simply just reading the article. Right. Okay. So it says a race of white giants in northern Alaska. Um, this is special to the Herald. Um, this is the Los Angeles Herald, May the 5th. The Reverend Francis Barnum S.J., now, when I first read that, I was like, this is, wait, because I've heard of the Barnum and Bailey, but a, a buddy of mine, he'll, he'll look at articles that I post and he'll, he'll look up guys. And I actually looked this guy up too. And this was a real guy. He just happened yeah. to have the same last name as the, the Barnum. And so, cause Barnum, he would make up stuff. Like he would mm. get somebody dressed up like a giant and have a freak show, you know, just for fun. Yeah. 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 You know, but he was more, he was in the 1800s, but. So this guy was a real reverend um, at present in Chicago. So he was from Chicago, says he was he has discovered a race of white giants in northern Alaska. So this is 1907 when this is reported. Hmm. So this isn't skeletons found. He found people yeah. up there, it's... which is kind of wow. kind of. Yeah, that's probably my my most recent find of like. Not too long ago, some were seen. Yeah. Um, they are of unadulterated uh, Caucasian blood, 
And that's that's what I so I don't want to. That's what this is what it says. I, yeah, I yeah. think he's just trying to make. He's trying to say they were different than what he expected. Yeah. I think that's kind of what he's trying to say. Because in Alaska, they wouldn't have been Caucasian people, would they? At that no. time, They'd like I think, yeah, or they could have been further. Yeah, maybe not. You're right. Mm. They may not have been. It might have been just Inuits, yeah. the native people. Um, so they're immense in stature and muscular development. Members of one tribe found beyond the settlements of what, uh, uh, beyond the settlements of the Alaskan Indians north of what is known as the Indian Line. During a stay of more than eight years among these people, the priest did not find a single tribesman who was not much larger or and taller than the average American. So I guess all the men there that he was and he I guess they let him live with them. Yeah. For for a while. Oh. Let's see. Several years before the discovery of gold at Nome, Father Barnum was sent as a missionary to Alaska, preaching from village to village among the Alaskan Indians. But journeying northward always, he finally passed the in Indian line beyond which the population becomes strictly Eskimo. Finally, he came upon not the band of hardy hunters he had, he had expected, but a race of white men of gigantic stature. He says they are without the faintest strain of Indian ancestry. He was with them long enough to master their language. So I guess he lived there eight years and he was able to master their language to some extent. But if those people are still there, these giants, and when he says they're much, uh, they're much larger and taller than the average American yeah. uh, in 1907. Well, this was reported in 1907. If he had lived there for eight years, we're fast. We're we're going backwards into the late 1800s, mm. like 1890s. Um, so if they were there then, if they're still there now, have they become more aggressive to modern, the modernization mm. of the world? So yeah. that 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 was a question that I, I had when you were talking about that documentary you were listening to. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of obviously stories about giants and how aggressive they were. And this documentary was saying that like giants and regular human beings don't have a good history between each other. There always seems to be some, you know, antagonism because like you've heard that you must have heard of the old sort of story of Jack and the Beanstalk. That actually comes from an, an actual real guy who's called Jack the Giant Killer. And the actual story regarding Jack the Giant Killer is very brutal. He kills a giant called Cormorant. Um, he basically sets a trap for him. Um, I can't remember exactly what he did, but he apparently he made some pit and blew a horn and Cormorant came after him or something and he fell into the pit and it was only his head that was showing out the top of the pit and... Jack the Giant Killer basically hacked him to pieces in there, like his head, just smashed his head in. But then wow. from that, you've got like Jack and the Beanstalk uh, story, you know, the fee, five, four, four, my smell, the blood of an Englishman, all that sort. But that's the original story is Jack the Giant Killer. And obviously the giant's named as Cormoran. And like you, when you're reading out your articles, one of the things that I'm picking out when you're talking about them is the names, the name people. You know, it's real people who's discovered this or whatever. 
And, you know, you could possibly look these people up. It's not just saying a man found or whatever. You, you're naming these people. And I think that's very important when people are listening to what you've got to say when you're reading it, that, you know, during your research, there's actual real people being named in these articles. One of the things I did want to talk to you about, obviously we mentioned at the beginning, we talked about like, you know, the bones, like they go missing and everything. And you've got the Smithsonian Institution in the United States there. Could you sort of, for those of my listeners who are not familiar, I am familiar with it. Some may be and some won't be. Could you just explain what the Smithsonian is and what role they've had uh, surrounding like these giant bones going missing because obviously there's theory is the Smithsonian turns up and the bones disappear. Right. Yeah. So the Smithsonian Institute is the it's kind of like the Museum of America. So if, when you go to Washington D.C., it's aligned with museums where people can go in and, and learn of the history of America. You can see, but they also have airplanes in one space history. They have uh, Native American history, and so they have all these museums. And in the 1800s, as people were moving around America, heading west and building houses and building roads, um, even archaeologists would come along and there would be an Indian mound. They'd dig into it. Um, but a lot of times they would call the local museum or the Smithsonian would get word of it and they would come along and they would they would take this giant and they would say they were going to display it. And, it, and I have found some articles that said they indeed had them on display at some point. Um, obviously, probably not all of them because there's a whole lot of these I've found. Or maybe they did have them all on display in the, you know, the 1800s, the late 1800s, early 1900s. But um, around um, and I've, I've found articles to kind of prove this point, because that's a big question. People say, well, where are they? You know, if they if they found these bones, where are they? Why don't you see them today? Um so the Smithsonian around 1891, they kind of got in an argument with us, with an area of Ohio where they were doing some excavating and they found some skeletons. Well, they were arguing, they, they argued for the right to be able to look into prehistoric mounds and to display them. And so that's 18. 91 1895 i found an article where they actually purchased a nine-foot mummy from a, a what they call a dime a dime museum which is kind of like a somebody's little personal museum they have all kinds of cur curious things that have been discovered well it was going out of business and they sent in somebody some doctors and researchers to make sure this was a real thing and not something that barnum and bailey made um, it was a real thing and they purchased it for display uh, that's 1895 and then all of a sudden and by the by the time 1934 i found an article here from 1934 um the smithsonian's fed up regarding the reports of prehistoric giants being unearthed uh dr alice herdlicka of the smithsonian is fed up with um the reports of human giants being discovered and he makes no bones about it, the article says. <laughs> so 
And and to to kind of explain what that means is like, well, if he's fed up, why did why don't they just stop finding him? Well, that that wasn't actually what they were kind of out of. It wasn't in their control of uh, people would find him and report him. It's like, hey, we found another giant. We found this giant. And they were just getting tired of the reports coming in because somebody might have been digging on their farm. A lot of times a farmer was plowing over what he thought was a hill. And well, here comes a there comes a skull or a bone out of the ground. So he gets out and looks at it. It's like, well, this is a massive guy. And word would get out to them. And at, and but around the 30s, 1930s is kind of may from I mean, I wasn't alive yet, but supposedly there was something starting to shift and change to where um to pave the way for uh, evolution the mm. evolutionary darwinistic theory mm. and that's why these things had to stop being talked about so yeah it's that's, not convenient. that's kind of what i right yeah. it's not convenient so yeah because on average these guys were these were men with skulls for about from about one inch thick or more so like your skull wall, I don't know what ours are, but I have to assume they're probably around a half inch or less. Yeah. Just your modern human. I mean, I would have to think that. Mm. Um, but these guys, there were a lot of times their reports of their skulls were so thick, they were inch thick. Wow. And that's, that's what it's thick. referring to is thick, the skull cap. Yeah, that's thick. That's, it's very yeah, thick. It's a lot thicker than an average human skull. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they were really thick. And their heights were seven to twelve feet. Um, so maybe that's why it became inconvenient for them to, yeah, have them on display or to have people find them. Yeah, the image and, I have in my mind yeah. um, when I think about it with the Smithsonian and how the you know the bones disappear is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, they box the ark up and they wheel it off into the warehouse, and it's just full of artifacts that have just, you know, been put in boxes and left. And you can uh -huh. sort of get that image that that's probably the same thing that they've done with the bones as well as other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would have to say they probably still have some yeah. hidden somewhere because even though that, I mean, even though they want to not talk about it, you know, there's some people there that just still probably are fascinated by the actual truth, even though it's not allowed to be, it's not a. It's no longer uh, allowed to be spoken of. Mm. Yeah. So, some of my audience may be thinking, "Yeah, well, that's all very well and good." You know, your Bible says that there's giants existed, and you're reading all these articles. Now, I believe you've been actually near you in texas i think you've been out on the ground and you've found some giant footprints i believe could you talk to us about that please yes yeah i have so after the, over the past three weeks i've been traveling you know it's just about an hour almost about an hour from me where i live um, i had a buddy reach out to me um nate henry from uh, blurry creatures reached out and said hey man you've got some giants footprints you know pretty close to your house i think i was like are you kidding me you know and it's at a place called uh an area where there are dinosaur tracks and i've always known those were there um but i wasn't aware of the giant footprints the giant man tracks mm. and so he sent me a map from an old book and i took the map and i was able to look at the shape of the river 
And I pulled up Google Earth and I found the same shape of the river. I was like, okay, that's where this is pointing. And I found ways that I could get there or where I could park. And then I had to do a lot of hiking, which isn't isn't bad for me because I, I love hiking. Yeah. And so I would just get up early in the morning because it's hot in Texas right now because we're in a drought and it's kind of the last punches of summer here. Mm. Still around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And wow. so I'd get out early and I would go to these places and I found quite a few uh, man tracks, um, giant man tracks. There was an area that I went to that I found they must have lived right in this area because they were just every which direction and they were different sizes. I could find trackways, but then I would find where somebody stepped on another footprint mm. and this one stepped on this footprint. And I found the sizes that I found were 25 inches wow. down to about six inches. And that, that was just kind of when I saw the six inch ones and the eight inch ones, I was it kind of like, it moved me sort of as like, wow, this was a community here. Because when we think giants, you think, well, they're just all giants, but we forget that they had to grow up. Yeah, they had children. And so yeah. They had children. Yeah. And and these footprints. And I posted some footprints. And so this one of these areas where I was looking, it wasn't super muddy. It was like it was starting to dry out, but it was a little damp. So mm. they're still pushed down in the ground, maybe an inch, but it's not like you stepped in a super muddy area. Because there's, there's times when you can step in mud and it's way too soupy that it just leaves an indention, but no. Yeah, no print. Visib yeah, visible, yeah. perfect print. Mm. Um, so this was an area where it was kind of in between. You could see the heel. that The heels were perfect on, on most of all of these. And then mm. you could see the arch. You could see the toe. You could see not a perfect toe print, but you could see the toe marks. I would call it toe marks where yeah. the front of the foot indented in. And this is an area where it was muddy at one point, but the perfect weather situation caused this mud to turn into a cement is all I can explain. It's like yeah. a limestone that turned into a cement because I've seen some areas when I'm looking around here where there's an actual boulder stone sticking up out of the riverbed and right. this white substance is stuck around it like a cement. Mm. So we have to remember, we have to think that this is not actual rock. It's an actual substance that turned into cement. Yeah. Um, and, and so up and down these rivers, I even, I even had somebody since I've been doing this reach out to me and send me a picture of some giant man toes with her foot beside it. Mm. There's some massive toe prints. See all five toes, big old, big old fat toe for the, you know, the first toe. Yeah. And it's just incredible. Yeah, and I've, I've seen one of rivers. your pictures on your Instagram. Is, uh, have you got one where you've got your foot next to it? Yes, yes. Yeah, guys, I've seen yeah. the picture, and it's huge. Yeah. Like it's a huge foot. Yeah, I'll I'll try to post more. Yeah. I've got some pushback. You know, there's all oh, there's always going to be pushback yeah. from people. That's a one footed giant. I'm like, well, look, there were trackways, but not every footprint is perfect. No. And so there were so many, it was getting so hot. I seriously thought I was going to have a heat stroke out there. Mm. I started at like 7.30 in the morning and I'm the type of person though. I just keep going and I look, oh, there's another one and I'll clean it out. And mm. then you, mm. you clean it out and then I would paint it with water so you can actually see the indention mm. because it actually is sunk down. And But it's yeah. hard to see it because it's all white. And so mm. I would paint it with water with a paintbrush put a tape measure, 
document it. And I'd be walking. It's like, oh, you know what? I have to go back to my truck and get some water. I'm going to pass out here on this hot riverbed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, you know, people are poking, thing, poking at me from their couch. But like, no, these are these are real footprints of people. Yeah. So, yeah, you're always like you said, you're always going to get some pushback. Like I was saying, and I'll say it again to my audience, Travis is doing real research. Yeah, he is researching, obviously, articles, but he's out on the ground. And, and I encourage people all the time to always research whatever it is they're looking into. Do your own research. And you've certainly been doing that. Um, You've also, I believe you're on with writing a book. Is that right? Yes. How's that yeah. going? It's going pretty good. I, I started it a couple years ago. And so I'm trying to write it. I'm trying to put a lot of these articles in the book so people can see the actual print of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. It's just like a zoomed up clipping of it. And I try to leave it to where you can actually see sides of other articles beside it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So like yeah. you could kind of like I do on my Instagram and Facebook accounts is but I've even been accused of making up the articles. It's like who would have time to type this out? I hardly have time to do this. Mm -hmm. So but I, I'm doing it in that way. And then I'm actually typing down below it um, some kind of cool points about the article and then having a spot below that where, you know, you can have your personal notes. Um, like if if you are trying to build a picture or, you know, of your own research within this mm -hmm. book, you can say, oh, uh, here's something that's similar to another place, you know. And so I'm trying to do it in that way. Um you know, talk about the giants of old and, you know, um, put in a bunch of these articles so people can see them for themselves. All right. Well, I can say one thing, Travis, when your book comes out, I'll definitely be buying it. So you can definitely, you yeah, definitely well, sell one copy straight away. <laughs> definitely. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah. One, I wanted to just, it's one, of, I'm fascinated by this story because I've served in the military myself and I've been to Afghanistan. What are your thoughts on the giant of Kandahar story? Are you familiar with it? I you am, must, yes. I believe I thought you would be. What what's your thinking around that? I mean, personally, I I've thought about this and when I was over there, like I wouldn't have come back and thought, oh, you know, I'm gonna make this story up that a giant attacked us. And I don't know anyone in my platoon that would have done that. So to me, I just feel like it's much simpler to just believe them because they've reported what actually happened rather than sort of say oh they were lying but what do you think about it okay yeah so when i first heard that story and uh, you know the first thing you think is like wow this is uh this is this is this sounding too fantastic you know mm -hmm. like this is crazy but like to your point like why would you make that up mm -hmm. like why because it's like Afghanistan is kind of in the Middle East, right? But it's not the Holy Land area. It's no. on the outskirts. So it's not mm. like, so like if somebody's imagination was, were to be running wild, like why way over there? Mm. And and so I tended to believe it, but just mm. because of the way the story was told. And, and so, but I, there are other stories that build onto that as well. Um, there's a guy who has an Instagram account called Tales from the Grid Square, and right. he was from the military. I don't know if you've heard of his account. Um, I think it rings a bell, yeah, now that you've said it. I don't think mm -hmm. I'll follow it. I'll have to have a look at that after, yeah. You have to scroll. If you scroll down, I don't think he has it in his highlights, maybe. Maybe not. Um, but if you scroll down, 
you'll see one of his photos will be because he does photos and with uh, overlay overlays the photos with stories and you just swipe. And by the time mm. you get to the last one, it's the whole story. But you'll see some labeled Afghanistan. He has quite a few in a row there. Right. And and they are not the story of the Kandahar, Kandahar giant at all. But there wow. are other stories of giants that and some of these weren't seen in the daylight, but it was like they were watching. They were watching what they thought were a group of, of Afghani um, guys, but they weren't. It was it eventually stood up and it was one individual. Yeah, it was I've just heard. Massive. My, yeah, my son's told me about that one, actually, now that you've said mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, he knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. So and then there are others, too. And so and I, and there's theories of why why the locals would like dye their hair their beards red and then they would dye the goats red and then they would, mm. the goats would be gone. Like I think the, the the locals there seem to know about this mm. too. So there's, it's not just, it's almost like the, that story of the, the Kandahar giant has other stories to make, to add to it as yeah, witnesses to, to corroborate it. it. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, they're all, they're all witness to the same story. Yeah. And so I tend to believe it's true. Yeah. I've I've listened to um, Timothy Alberino as well talk about it, and he, I think he interviewed the actual, the pilot who on is it AC one thirty, and I've heard other podcasts who talk about you know other members of the platoon or whatever serious people in this in the special forces unit who've corroborated this story at a later date. So I like like you, I tend to believe it. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know what I'm talking about, the Kandahar giant was basically is in 2001, a regular army unit, a US regular army unit had gone missing in Afghanistan in the Kandahar district, and they sent out a special forces unit to find this regular army unit. And as they were patrolling through the foothills, they came across discarded military equipment so they at that point they become ready because they think they've been ambushed they make their way up the mountain they come to a cave in front of the cave they stood there they see movement in the cave then out comes a spear suddenly flies out hits one of them in the chest he was identified as being called dan i believe he went down out comes a 13 to 15 foot giant with clothed in like animal skins. They said, I think they said he had red hair made his ways. If he was going to grab the spear again and they, they put um, 30 seconds of fire down on him and the weapons that they had, if they was to fire for even two seconds on an average size human being, they'd be obliterated. Just, just gone. Um, and obviously, like I was just saying to Travis, the, there was corroborated story guys regarding this. Um, you know, there was a pilot who's been interviewed and other members of this special forces unit. So, like, I mean, I tend to believe it. Um, like I said, I've been there, not to Kandahar. I was in the uh, Lashkagar area in Helmand province. But I can assure you guys don't come on with stories of giants. We have We have plenty of stories we can tell. And none of them are about giants, so I tend to believe that it was an actual factual story. Well, 
Thanks very much, Travis. I mean, like I said to you earlier, I find this such a fascinating topic. And what I would say to my listeners is, like I said, Travis is doing his research. He's got hundreds of articles, hundreds. He isn't making them up like he said that people have suggested. He hasn't got time to make them up. I've read some of the articles myself. I've read articles from over in the UK. Like I said, the stories of giants are ubiquitous. They're all around the world. Um, giants are real. So thanks very much, Travis. Can you just tell us where people can sort of get hold of you? I know you've got an Instagram account. If you could just tell us um, where to follow you there, what your Instagram account is called. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You can see these articles and <clears throat> stories like this on, it's called Giants underscore of underscore Ancient America. The Ancient America, all one word. And the same name on Facebook too. I, I try to plug stuff over there too. But most of them are on um, Instagram. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah it was great. It, it was great to be here with you. Yeah, like I say, it's, it's got to be like out of the things that I've talked about. It, it's got to be giants is my, like my number one at the minute. Um, you know, Travis is writing a book, guys. I'm definitely going to buy the book. I suggest people go out there when he when it's finally out and buy this book because he's heavily researched it. So thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back hopefully next week with another guest. But this um, has been a wonderful podcast today. I've been so excited all day, actually. Um, so thank you again, Travis. So I've been Paul, and this is Beyond the Paradigm. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. <laughs>